Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Kellis. It is now <laughs> Tuesday. That means it's a Texas Tuesday, episode 475, coming to you on the 15th of 2023 in August. That's right. And what are we doing? What are we going to talk about today? Well, I'll tell you all about it. Just as soon as I remind you, the best way you can help me is to like, share, and subscribe to this here podcast. If you're particularly motivated or happy after listening, or even just frustrated, feel free to like, share, and subscribe, but also go to the trouble, rate, and review this program. Every little bit helps. I got to tell you, uh, now that we go on with the show, I was rather happy on, uh, I guess it would have been Friday, uh, Mr. Paul Davis. Yeah, that'd be the fired up lawyer. Go check him out over at X. Um, he talks about, quote unquote, losing his Texas defamation case against Jeff Leach. And uh, <laughs> there's the unrealistic standard of a reasonable person in t- today's society would actually know when it comes to a topic like secession. Well, That's why I always use the term independence, reassert sovereignty. Secession is kind of a dirty word, right, wrong, or otherwise. And the more we use it, the easier it is for our opponents to hold it over our head. I mean, they routinely drift into craziness just in case it's not abundantly clear. Yeah, nobody wants to return to people owning people and it being a-okay. It still happens today. It's never ended. It's just not in these United States with the government's blessing. But they won. They won the bigger issue because old Jeffy had to admit that Texas is not, in fact, treason or sedition. And even though he won the case, he, he lost the right to run his mouth. Now, that won't stop him because... He's the $3 million man, and he's going to be running for re-election. And guess what? If he gets the nomination this go-round, there will be a whole lot of people that hold their nose and go out and vote for him because, as they say, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. So what does that mean for you and I that are not in Jeff Leach's district? Well, that means that there's a little bit more ammunition, a little bit more that we can push back with. Advocating for independence is an entirely different thing than seeking to overthrow a government. Or for that matter, um, I don't know, selling out your government, working against your government. I mean, those are all things that we could rightfully accuse the current resident in chief of doing. Of course, nothing will ever, ever happen there. But those would be accusations that we could probably legitimately make against him. But Jeff, Jeff's been silent on that. No, no. You, ladies and gentlemen, who support Texas independence, you are a much bigger problem. Oh, they'd like to paint the folks on January 6th as being seditionist, right? Traitors. They, they tried to start an insurrection, an unarmed insurrection. I'm sorry, as far as insurrections go, that's about as dumb as it gets. But, you know, it's good talking points. It, it makes them feel better about themselves, right? These uh, elected officials that 
have complete and utter disdain for the very people that helped get them where they're at, for the very people that continue to support them because they have no better choice. So I'm going to take a moment. You know, I I had some pretty heavy episodes over the weekend and uh, Mondays was no slouch. So today, today we're going to, we're going to keep it a little lighthearted and we're going to be short. What does that mean? That means I'm going to give you the hypothetical setup of what might happen. Now, I know I've touched on this before. I know that uh, there's nothing new specifically here, but it is something to keep in mind because if you don't have a vision, if you don't know what's possible, then you've got nothing to look forward to. You've got nothing to work towards. So if we should be successful, and that's a giant if at this point, let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, they don't want to hear from us. They don't care what we, the people want. But if at some point we do actually get a vote for Texas independence, and I'm fairly confident that we'll get 60 plus percent of that vote, but you know, I'm not willing to bet my life on it, but I'm confident. And then it actually would come to fruition and, you know, honestly, I'm no longer a spring chicken. I, I would like to say 20 years from now, we'll have an independent Texas. I know uh, Mr. Daniel Miller would like to see it happen in less than 10. So would I, but realistically, if it happens before I die, I will consider what I've been doing. My little, little that I have contributed to be for great measure for great success. But but it will be meaningless if we don't address and change the problems that we currently have. Well, what might they be? Well, we've got 30 people in the Texas Senate that allegedly represent 33 million people. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm fairly confident that one person can't listen to over a million people. I'm fairly confident they make little effort to do so. Now, I know there are exceptions to the rule. Uh, I I could make a case that uh, Senator Bob Hall is way above and beyond. I could make a case similarly that Angela Paxton's pretty darn good too, my senator, right? That she's above and beyond. And, And I'm sure there might be a couple of more. But even still, if we try, we could get five, one in six. That's not really impressive. And then, of course, there's the, the house reps, right? Do you, do you feel like they're properly representing you? Do, you? do you think they're overly concerned about what you or I think? I don't. So in my proposal, in my wild guess, I would suggest that we reconfigure both the House and the Senate. So the Senate would have representatives from each county. And, you know, you could do like a hybrid system there. The county appoints or the there's a mm, nominations committee convention and then they run against each other. Or you could say uh, the party in control of that county gets to a point. I mean, there's any number of ways you could do it. But the individual county, and there's 254 of them, if I remember correctly, 254 counties in the, in the state of Texas. And in, in independent Texas, that might change up a little bit. We, we might alter the shape or the size or the mm, 
boundaries perhaps would be a better way of phrasing it of the uh, counties but i see no reason why we should wait the entirety of this senate right the texas senate in favor of the metropolises one of them has got to stand firm for the state as a whole one of them's got to be at least answerable to the counties that they come from and at this in the, at this case right at this time that is certainly not the issue then when you look at the Texas House, you know, there's 33 million people. Let's divide that by 10. So that gets us to uh, 3.3 million people per house rep. Now let's d- divide that again. That gets us down to 330,000, right? That's 100 state reps. Do you, do you really think a state rep is going to be receptive to 300,000 people? I have my doubts. Now, I'm not so sure that I want to run it all the way down to 30,000, which was the original goal at the founding of this country. And, you know, we are supposed to reapportion in these United States, but Congress just chose not to do it. Even though it's constitutionally mandated, they just chose to ignore it. And you got to ask yourself, why might that be? Well, because, you know, if you expand too much, you lose control. You don't get to control what the outcome is. And if you don't control what the outcome is, well... Silly little things might happen like, oh, I don't know. You don't get to make everybody's decision for them. So I would say, I think, I think, mm, quarter million, quarter million people max. Every time there's another quarter million people, you get a new house rep. And that will will continue forever. And and if I want to be really froggy, we could drop it down to 200,000. Right? So you've got a county like Collin County. We would have six state reps just in our county. Now, Dallas might, in fact, have 10 or 12, depending on who does the counting and how they do it. But I'm okay with that. We'd spread it out. For every 200,000 people, there's another state rep. I mean, what is that? Five times 330? Hmm? 1,500? Is that a bit much? Maybe. Is it that much, though? Let's think about that. Let's see. We got uh, 33 million, and we're going to drop that two zeros off. That makes it 330,000, right? And then we're going to drop that off by percentage. So, yeah, I mean, that, that would net us out, what, 160 state reps right now? But don't trust me. Let's try the calculator. (laughs) Probably should have used that in the first place. But you know, I like to do this by the seat of my pants. One, because it's more entertaining. And two, it does kind of stretch my imagination. All right. So 330,000, we're going to divide it by 200,000. And that's going to get 165, 165 state reps. And every time we get another 200,000, that gets reapportioned. Sounds wonderful. That gives us a much better opportunity for people to be heard. And now this would all be spread out by population. So obviously Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, they would have a much bigger say. So there's a little balance, right? There's a little um, tension there. Well, that's what we want. We don't want people to just be able to do whatever they want. We want to have them work for the better of the state 
and for the better of their people and for the better of their region. Realistically, I would imagine if you're up in Amarillo or Lubbock, which is the true North Texas, you laugh derisively at North Dallas, North Texas, where I'm at. We don't know anything about the rangeland out there. We really don't. And if you go out to West Texas, right, by El Paso and such, in the canyon lands and the desert, uh, nobody, especially Houston, knows anything about that. The regions should have a say. They should have some feedback. I mean, how else do you explain some of the things that go on where these rural areas get, I don't know, flooded out to be a lake? Because they have no say. They have no recourse. And the statewide elected officials, well, they know they can ignore them because they only have to win the two or three major population centers or at least split it so that they can run the board everywhere else. They just don't care. And yet that's what we're stuck with. How do we fix that? Well, let me let me address that some more. So if we go into the population-based house, that would be a little more creative. They get to choose their own speaker, right? But let's let's do it this way. Let's make it more like a, I don't know, prime minister. Hmm? Where they have only certain authorities, specific authorities, but they can't actually give money to the state reps. They can't actually dictate terms to the state reps. And while we're at it, we could get really creative. And in a county like Dallas, where say you may have, oh, I don't know, 10 state reps based out of there, you do it by percentage of turnout, right? So everybody puts their hat in and say the uh, conservative party, the Republican party, the the libertarian party, the Democrat party, the green party, the whatever parties, if they get 10 reps, it's based on the percentage of voters. So maybe the Democrats get four five or six and the greens get one. The Republicans get three. You see what we did already? We've got eight that leaves two, but you got to have a, maybe a minimum. So you give the uh, libertarians one in you give the conservative party one. So now they have to work together. They have to find a good way to best represent their Dallas County. It gets creative, doesn't it? Apologize. I had the brief pause there. <laughs> so let me just tell you, I am quite confident that more representation usually equates to better representation. There's a certain amount of trust that has to be built up over time. There's a certain amount of feedback that would be in play. But again, this is a hypothetical situation that we could do if in fact we're successful in getting our own independence back, getting control of our country again. You like that? Yeah. Now, the last thing I want to do is jettison the Texas constitution, the Texas state, you know, functionality, but these things can and should be tweaked and they can be done once we get back our sovereignty, once we get back control, once we have our independence. At this point right now, very little of what we actually do at the state we can get away with before the feds get involved, before there's interference from the rich man north of Richmond. <laughs> yes, I, I hope you get that reference. But really, really, at the end of the day, um, the sheriff only has so much power. The state legislature has only so much power. The governor only has so much power. It is we, the people, that have to take back control. We have to stand up and do the right thing. We have to assert and demand our sovereignty. And asking for that is not seeking to overthrow the government in 
uh, DC. Asking to do that is not, well, not seeking to replace, undermine, or destroy that government. It's just asking to peacefully separate, right? We talk about the American divorce. We talk about the peaceful walk away movement, all these different things. We are at the epicenter right here in Texas. We need to remember that we are Texians first, right? Texians first and members of these United States second. We need to start putting Texas first in all the things we do at the state level. We need to have our representatives and uh, Washington doing the same thing. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but how does this affect Texas? Is this what's best for Texas? That's what was supposed to happen back in the day. That was kind of sort of what happened up until the 1860s or 1870s, depending on where you want to draw that line in there. But after that, the monster on the Potomac has taken over everything. And we tolerate it. We allow it. And we have to fight back. We have to do something. Okay, fine. Maybe you reject my proposed solution. Okay, maybe you think that we are very well led by the 130 individuals that we elect. I disagree with you, but I'm willing to hear that argument. But you can't even discuss possible futures, outcomes, improvements if you don't retain control of your own government. And right now we don't have it. We we can't maintain it. We we are promptly ignored and dismissed. We, the people, have to assert our sovereignty. And the only way we can do that is to demand for our vote on whether or not Texas should get its independence, whether or not we should reassert us, or reassert ourselves as an independent nation. Have no fear, ladies and gentlemen. They can say it was solved all they want back in 1860, but it's not 1860 anymore. And quite frankly, I don't think that's going to happen again. And with that, I hope you enjoyed this uh, little fun day, right? This this unique way of looking at things, or at least partially unique. I realize I've kind of covered some of this before, but the reality is that the current state government we have is actually quite good. We don't need to add much of anything. We don't even really need to, quote, change anything significant if we gain our independence. Every Maybe some titles change, some things move around a little bit, but at the end of the day, to get better representation would in my opinion, require additional representation. And that makes people nervous, only those in power. That makes people concerned, only those that have something to lose, those in power. We, the people, (laughs) do ordain that this is the way we need to go and we need to act like it. And with that, this has been According to Callus. It's been short, but I'll be back again in (laughs) the next day. And I will see you on the other side.